Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. So I guess if you're going to talk about the Ten Commandments, the most important thing you have to ask yourself is this, whether you know it or not, you need to ask, who is it that issued these commands? And it's really amazing when you think about it, that there's a God who spoke and the universe sprang into existence. There's a God who said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, let there be ocean. Man, I was doing some reading this week. Have you ever heard of Challenger Deep? Challenger Deep is a point 2000 kilometers off the East coast of the Philippines. It's the deepest measured part of our oceans. You know how deep it is? 12 kilometers deep. That's like, if I go for where I am right now, which is South Sumas and Vedder in Chilliwack, and I drive in a straight line to Abbotsford Costco, that's 12 kilometers. That's how deep the ocean is there. 12 kilometers deep. And that freaks some of you out, doesn't it? But there's a God who said, let there be ocean. And there was ocean. He said, let there be redwood forest. And there was redwood forest. Let there be lion and leopard and bear and fox and wolf and giraffe and eagle and deer. And it was so. And that same God said, let there be you. And there was you. And this God is not only infinitely powerful, he's infinitely personal. He's your heavenly father. He loves you. He's for you. And he gives us these commands, not because he's a wrecker of fun, but because he's a bringer of blessing. It's not an arbitrary list to catch us doing something wrong. It's a group of invitations to invite us into something right. And so today I want to kind of look through that lens as we jump into the fourth commandment. This is the longest of the 10 commandments. And it says this, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Work six days and do everything you need to do. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work, not you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servant, nor your maid, nor your animals, not even the foreign guests visiting in your town. For in six days, God made heaven, earth, and sea, and everything in them. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day. He set it apart as a holy day. There it is, the longest of the 10 commandments. Why? Because your rest matters. And I kind of find it funny that I'm standing up here today talking to you about the 10 commandments, specifically the fourth of the 10 commandments. It's like, have you ever noticed when somebody catches on to something kind of late in life, how excited they get about it? Like if there's someone who's lived like basically a couch potato life and somewhere along the line, they say, man, I want to run a marathon. And so they train and they train and they train and they do it. They run their first marathon. Maybe it's not pretty. It takes them six and a half hours to get done, but they finish it. And then they like it so much that they run another one and another one and another one. And they can't stop telling everybody about the fact that running a marathon is the greatest thing that a person could ever do. Or maybe it's someone who used to be a smoker and now they're a non-smoker and they go on this crusade to try to convince smokers to become non-smokers. It's a great idea. Or how about somebody who, man, they used to eat really unhealthy, but somewhere along the line, they went on a health food kick. 
like a person who says, you know what? I used to eat poutine three meals a day. And you're not going to believe it, but my weight just kept going up and my energy level kept going down until someone introduced me to kale. And I've been on an all kale diet. So many different kinds of kale. And my energy level has gone up and my weight has gone down. I'm like a ball of energy. And, and, and I know that kale will work for you. So I've self-published this book called Kale is Cool. And I've got a copy for you. In fact, I want to sit here with you right now. And I want to read you an excerpt out of my book, Kale is Cool. Well, that's a little bit like me talking to you about the fourth commandment. Except it's not exactly like it. <laughs> So we talked about like, there's someone who used to smoke and now they're a non-smoker. Well, 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 this would be like somebody who used to smoke and they're trying to figure out how to be a non-smoker. They don't really got it yet, but, but they're on to something. See, there's something I know about you and something that I think God knew about you and me is that there's a reason why the fourth commandment is the longest of the 10 commandments is because he knew that you were gonna need some convincing. He knew that you were going to need some explanation. He knew that you were going to need some reassurance that your rest actually does matter. See, I have to admit to you, like, I went through a lot of my life looking at the fourth commandment as kind of a good thing. But, but, but I thought to myself, man, it's kind of like God making an allowance for those people. You know what I mean? Like God says, hey, take a Sabbath day. And, and, and that's an allowance to those people. Those people being lazy people. People who just can't get the let out. People who just can't get her done. God said, hey, let me make an allowance for you. Take a day off. But over these last 12 months, I've come to realize that this fourth commandment isn't an allowance for those people. It's an invitation for all people, including you and including me. And so what I want to do today is I want to call us into something kind of radical. I want to call us to live a life as if our rest actually matters. And so what I want to do is I want to go through this commandment, this fourth commandment bit by bit. And I want to, I want to kind of break it open and see how it applies to you and see how it applies to me. So God starts out and he says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So what does it mean to observe something? Well, Quite literally, it means just take a look. Take a look. T take, take a look at your week. It's so interesting, right? Like it's, it's still a seven-day week. It's been a seven-day week since creation, since the very beginning. God established this order. Whether you believe in a literal seven-day creation or a figurative seven-day creation, that's the pattern that we've gone with ever since. A few people have tried to change it over the years, but it's never stuck. It's a seven-day week. So look at your seven-day week. Observe it. Specifically, observe your Sabbath day. And, it, and it's interesting because for Jewish people, the Sabbath is Saturday, the seventh day of the week. And in the Christian tradition, we celebrate the Sabbath often on Sunday because Sunday is the day that Jesus rose from death to life. But as I've studied the Sabbath, what I've come to realize is that the day of the week isn't what's important. What's important is that you can observe your week and specifically observe one of the days in your week and keep that day as a Sabbath day. Keep it holy. 
And, and what does holy mean? Well, holy means set apart, set apart. So in other words, you look at your week, specifically, you look at this one day in your week and, and you set one of those days apart. In other words, one of these days is not like the other days. And how is it different? Well, let's continue reading. Work six days and do everything you need to do. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work. Your rest matters. And so for the last 20 years, if you would have asked me, Mike, do you have a Sabbath day? I would have been able to look at you and say, I absolutely do. I was a legalistic Sabbath keeper. So the way that I would do it is this. I would work really long and really hard for six days a week at whatever job that I was doing. And then on my Sabbath day, I would do all the chores and all the errands and all the tasks that had built up over the other six days that didn't directly relate to my job. Do you know what I'm saying? And so what happens is my Sabbath day was actually busier than my other days, but I believe that God is calling you and calling me to something a lot more radical than that, actually. He says this, do everything you need to do on those six days so that in your Sabbath day, you don't do any work. You rest. What a concept, eh? You rest. And and on a lot of levels, rest can be a little bit subjective. Rest for you might be a little bit different than rest for me. But I want to suggest that there are three categories that we all need to rest in. We need to rest our body. We need to rest our mind. We need to rest our soul. So first of all, you need to rest your body. One way that I know that we can all do that is sleep. So time out. I also understand that different life circumstances make this more easy or more difficult depending on exactly where you're at. So if you're parents of of a couple toddlers, the whole concept of sleep might be a little bit more difficult to come by than if you are empty nesters. Okay, but, but, but I think the point that God is making in the fourth commandment is you need to set your heart towards this. You need to set a goal to make this happen. It might not look exactly pristine, but you need to try. So try to rest your body by sleeping in a little bit if you can, by having a nap. And then I don't know exactly how you rest your body. For some people, they say, man, going on a run is so restful for me. I love it. Man, if, that, if that's what you love to do, then do that. And, and I would also say this. There's certain things that you're going to find on your Sabbath where you want to do them, but you don't want to do them, but you actually want to do them. Do you understand what I mean? Like, like running, for example. Maybe you're somebody who says, ah, I just feel so great when I run. I just feel so alive and so rested. But sometimes when you're sitting there on the couch, you don't feel like doing it. You should probably decide, hey, I'm going to do those things that really, really give me rest. Maybe for you, gardening brings rest to your body. Man, if that's true for you, that is great. You might notice that I'm not real definitive here. A couple of reasons for that. Number one, everybody rests differently. Number two, I am really still figuring this out. I am not an expert at rest at all. But I know this, number one, we need to rest our body. 
Number two, we need to rest our mind. And I think there's one way that we should do that. No matter who you are, you should try to spend some time in silence and solitude. And I said, sometime, I don't know exactly how much time, but honestly, I, th- I think you should. And I think while you're spending time in silence and solitude, you should probably ask yourself this one question all by yourself, all alone, no distractions. Just ask yourself this question. How am I doing? Like, how am I really, really doing? That's kind of a scary question, don't you think? And I think there's part of us that we think, man, I don't even want to go there. I don't want to ask the question. And what I want to suggest to you is whether you ask the question or not, um, the results, the answer to that question is going to play out in your life either way. So if you ask yourself that question, you realize that you're feeling certain ways that you don't want to feel, you can begin in those moments to say, okay, so what's next? So how do you find rest for your mind? And in some ways it's like rest for your body. Like there's things that you want to do, but you don't want to do them, but you kind of want to do them. For me, friends are like that. I'm a little bit like you. When I look back at my life, I realized I had a lot of people in my life who let me down. The same is true for you. I've had some people in my life who have hurt me. That's just kind of one of the parts of living in this world, right? But I went through a phase for me where I thought, man, there's people who have let me down and there's people who have hurt me. So I have a solution to that. Here's my solution. I'm just not going to hang around with people. Like I love my family. I love hanging around with Corinne and it's, it's my, my wife, Corinne, and it's great. But other than that, I'm just going to steer clear. But I come to realize this last season that, that there's people in my life that I have friends that I am just so absolutely blessed to have. And when I'm around them, I, f- I find rest for my mind. I find inspiration. I find creativity. Like I love it. Brene Brown talks about having a one inch by one inch piece of paper and writing your people on that one inch by one inch piece of paper. That's not a lot of people, but, but I know that God has given me at least one inch by one inch of people that I want to make it a priority that I spend time with them on my Sabbath. If I can, how else do you find rest for your mind? Well, I know some things that you want to avoid, You want to avoid fear. You want to avoid anger and you want to avoid jealousy. So how do you do that? I'm not exactly sure how you do that. But I know for me, there are certain kinds of media and social media that, that, that kind of tempt me to feel angry, to feel fearful or, or to even feel jealous. So I would steer clear of those things on your Sabbath. So you want to find rest for your body, rest for your mind, and finally rest for your soul. Psalm 62 says this, my soul only finds rest in God. This is why for a lot of people, they try to place their Sabbath on a Sunday. So right now on a Sunday, you can tune in to church. Eventually, not too long from now, Sundays, if you want to, if you choose to, you're going to be able to walk into church. And and that's a time that you can focus on God. You can magnify God, be inspired by God, remember God, be restored by God. 
And you know how I said with your, with your body and your mind, there's things on the Sabbath that you know that you want to do, but you don't want to do them, but you really know that you want to do them. I find for me on the Sabbath, my choice of the music that I'm going to listen to or the podcasts I'm going to listen to. Man, on my Sabbath, I want to listen to stuff that's really going to rest my body, rest my mind, and yes, provide rest for my soul. Jesus, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 11. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What I want to suggest to you is that the fourth commandment is not an allowance God made for those people. What I want to tell you is that the fourth commandment is an imitation that God extends to all people. And what I want to say to you is that when we decide that we're going to observe our week, observe this day and do our best to rest our body to rest our mind and rest our soul. The impact won't just be on that day. We'll carry with us a body, a heart, a mind, a soul inclination towards rest for, for the rest of our week. And it's amazing how few of us do that because we, we read Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. And we think Jesus came to give rest to my soul that I could live freely and lightly according to the unforced rhythms of grace. And I get that, right? I think to myself, yeah, that's true. Theologically, that's so true that Jesus came and did for me what I could never have done for myself. That Jesus lived and he died and he rose again. And just before Jesus died, he said, it is finished. You don't have to strive. You don't have to perform. You don't have to earn it. That salvation is not achieved, that it's received. And we get that. We do. We understand that. We embrace it. We celebrate it. But what's absolutely shocking to me is the amount of people, and I include myself in this, who can spend our whole lives believing that it all depends on Jesus and yet live our whole lives as if it all depends on on us. See, the fourth commandment says your rest matters. It's not an allowance for those people. It's an invitation to all people because the stakes are really high. Listen, it goes on to say this. Don't do any work. Not you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servant, nor your maid, nor your animals, not even the foreign guests visiting in your town. So here's the thing. It's not just you that needs to rest. You need to give the people around you a rest. Let, 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 me, let me say that slightly differently. If you don't give yourself a break, you will not give others a break. Like Jesus said it this way. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I've thought about this lots. And like, I don't want you to love me like you love you. I don't want you to talk to me like you talk to you. I don't want you to treat me like you treat you. 
See, see, I really believe that this, that, that when we observe our week and observe the Sabbath day and decide that one day a week, we're going to take God at his word, that we're going to provide rest for our body, our mind, and our soul. I actually believe it's going to bring a heart inclination to our life. And I guess what I'm saying is this. If you learn to apply this, if you step into this invitation, it will radically change your marriage. Because here's the truth. When you look around you, do do you want to talk to other people like you talk to you? Do you want to treat other people like you treat you? Because the people closest to you, you will always end up treating the people closest to you like you treat yourself. And, And so don't you ever wonder what it would be like to be married to you? The fact that you live your life where you you always have to do more and more and more and more and it's never enough and it's never enough and it's never enough and it's never enough and it's never enough. enough. That's the attitude that you will bring to your spouse. You can fake it with people that aren't close to you, but you're always going to end up treating the people closest to you like you treat yourself. What would it be like to be married to you? You need to give it a rest. I guess what I'm saying is if you embrace this invitation of Sabbath, it'll change the way that you parent. Like, I wonder what it would be like to be your kid if you treat them like you treat you. Where you always got to perform and you always got to perform and you always got to perform. And if you don't, you're not worth anything. Your value is established by your performance. Well, you would never want that for your kids, would you? Well, God doesn't want it for his kids either. And finally, I want to suggest to you that if you would accept this invitation to rest, this invitation of Sabbath, it would actually change our church. I hear people say things sometimes. They say like, the church is the only organization in human history that shoots its own wounded. Isn't that a crazy thing? Like we're all running this race, right? That's me running. I don't know. That's anyways. So we're, we're all running this race. And then we look and, and somebody beside us stumbles. And there's something about the Christian church that when somebody stumbles, instead of saying, hey, can I help you up? We look at them with disdain. We, we, we keep them down. We ignore them. We walk away. We're ashamed of them. Why in the world would we do that? Well, because we demand so much of ourselves that our value is established by what we do, 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 that if anybody does something wrong, we can't compute it because we end up treating them like we treat ourselves. Or you look in the church today and and it's so easy to become political, right? You look and say, well, I don't think I can love you if you don't vote for the people that I vote for. I don't think I can love you if you don't march at the rallies that I march at. I don't think that I can love you if you don't agree with me on all these topics. Why would that be? Oh, it's, it's because we won't give ourselves a rest. 
and, and we d- define ourselves by what we do. And so we define other people by what we do. And, and I guess what I'm saying is, can you imagine the marriage? Can you imagine the family? Can you imagine the church where we look and say, wait a minute. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to rest in the mercy and the grace and the unconditional love of Jesus. And as I do that, I'm going to extend to you, my brother, my sister, my friend, my spouse, my children, I'm going to extend to you mercy and grace and unconditional love. Could you imagine the way that our marriages could change? The way that our families could change? The way that our church could change? In six days, God made heaven, earth, and sea, and everything in them. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day. He set it apart as a holy day. See, here's the truth. God didn't take a rest on the seventh day because he needed it. God took a rest because you need to rest. And he knew that you did. See, see, I suggest that when you step into God's promise in the fourth commandment, it actually changes the other six days of the week too. You have a a body, a, a heart, a mind, a soul inclination towards rest. And and what happens when you don't do it, when you don't give your body a rest, eventually what happens is your body gets sick. I remember years and years ago, I was working long hours, week after week, month after month, month after month. And I started to notice something that as long as I kept working really hard, I was okay. But if I ever took a bit of a rest, I would get sick right away. How many of you can relate? And I actually came up with this plan. I, I, I thought to myself, okay, well then what I'll do is I'll just never slow down. And then if I never slow down, I'll never get sick. But you will. Eventually, you, you can maybe stop the little common colds and, and the flu, but eventually it will catch up to you if you never give your body a rest. And I, and I want to stop just for one second. And I want to talk about sleep. So, so I said, one of the things that you need to do to rest your body is you need to sleep. So here's the thing. If you go onto YouTube, if you go onto Instagram, if you go onto TikTok and you see somebody up there and they say, man, I'm so successful. I sleep one hour a night. I'm killing it in life. And I sleep one hour a, a, a night. No, they don't. No, they don't. Like, I don't need to sleep. I, I, I just work around the clock. That's not true. Like, maybe you're on methamphetamines or maybe you're just running on adrenaline for a couple of weeks, but it's not sustainable. You need to be sleeping seven or eight hours a night and you need to make the Sabbath day a priority. Because if you don't rest your body, eventually you'll get sick. And if you don't rest your mind, eventually your mind is going to get sick too. See, I figured that out about 12 months ago, that eventually what's going to happen is if you never rest your mind, if you never slow down, one of two things is going to happen. Number one, you're, you're going to find out that you just end up living your life at full throttle all the time and that your mind just doesn't stop. Some people call that anxiety. Where you find sleep real difficult and your mind just will not step out of high gear because it's been there for so long. And the other thing that can happen to you when your mind gets sick is 
you can just end up in a place where it's not that you're going all out. You just don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like getting out of bed. You don't feel like, uh, like life used to be full color and now it feels black and white. If you never rest, eventually your mind is going to get sick. And finally, if you never rest your soul, eventually your soul is going to get sick. Now, again, I'm not talking about your salvation. Your salvation is secure. You're going to go to heaven. If you've stepped into that relationship with Jesus, that's great. But what about life? See, I think when you live with a sick soul, you kind of lose the ability to live freely and lightly. So instead of being a human being, you become a human doing. Instead of becoming a human being who knows exactly who they are, I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am adopted. I am loved. I am cared for. I am secure. We become a human doing. And we be, become defined by every good thing and every failure and our soul gets sick. And that's no way to live. And so I want to give you some homework. Because what I felt like doing at the end of this sermon, I did. I felt like just telling you everything I'm doing every day, every week, every month, every year in this big drawn out plan. But I want to keep it really, really simple. I want to give you one homework assignment. Here it is. I would love it if you could take some time this afternoon and observe your week. And more specifically, observe what day of the week is it going to be that you decide to take your Sabbath? What, what day of the week is it going to be? Now, I know it's going to look different for all of us, but what day of the week is it going to be where you decide, hey, this is the day that to the best of my ability, um, in light of my circumstances and my life station right now, I'm going to, God, I'm going to ask you to help me. I'm going to try to find rest for my body, rest for my mind, and rest for my soul. Because I believe if you just do that one thing, it's going to transform your life. Not, not just that one day, but every day. And of course, step one, step one always is this, to come to this point of your life where you know that your life is not defined, your value is not defined by your performance. To remember that Jesus Christ, the son of God, stepped into human history and he lived and he died and he rose again. It's his performance that defines you. He came to save you. And so I don't know exactly where you're at. I don't, I don't know how your body's doing. I don't know how your mind's doing. I don't know how your soul's doing, but I know step one, no matter where you're at today is this, is to take hold of what Jesus did for you. Not to earn it, not to achieve it, but just to receive it, just to rest in his grace. So I want to invite you to do that right now and to begin that uh, move towards a more restful life. So I'm going to pray and I would invite you, no matter where you are watching this or listening to this, just pray along with me. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you did for me what I couldn't do for myself, that you came, you died, you rose again for my salvation. And so today, Jesus, I accept your gift. I pray that you would forgive my sins, that you would give me strength for today, hope for tomorrow and the promise of eternity because you died and you rose again for me. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm so stoked. And, and I want to go on this journey with you. 
Like, like it's, it's crazy, isn't it? But, but, but I think we can actually like live life and get a lot done and have a lot of fun and be really effective and fulfill our purpose and all the while live in a state of rest. That's my goal. That's my dream. That's my dream for you. But I don't think any of us can do that by ourselves. So if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, do me a favor and just text the keyword life, L-I-F-E to 604-670-3040. And for the rest of us, I want to invite you back again next week. I really believe that God is doing something in the series, you guys. I really believe that he is. I really believe that he's challenging the way that we look at his uh, invitation, at his commandments. And I really believe we're stepping into everything that he created us to be. So we'll see you next week. I love you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.